Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Ah, you have ventured into the steam room, which is presented by Tissot, the official watch of the NBA, along with Charles Barkley, Ernie Johnson. Thank you, loyal steamers, for joining us once again. Great to have you with us. Chuckster, how's your week gone, man? Oh, it's been a great week, man. Uh, You know, Ernie, this is my favorite time of the year. No more cold weather. Except when you're playing in a a pro-am in Atlanta where it's windy and cold. Let me tell you something. I told John Daly, boy, you know I love you. We played out at Sugarloaf. They got the senior, uh, the champions tour here this week. And we played nine holes yesterday in 40-degree weather and a torrential <laughs> downpour. That's true love. And wind like crazy. I bet that. Oh, my uh, goodness. But I had a great time. Anytime I spent a couple of days walking with John last week in, in, at the Regions in, in Birmingham. And uh, they just happened to be here this week. And he asked me to play in the program with him. And the morning got wave got rained out. And I was praying like hell the afternoon wave <laughs> get rained out. I ain't going to lie. There can't be a more fun couple of guys to follow on the golf course than you and John Daly together. No, that's no more fun guys to play. And, uh, you know, it was fun time. I always look forward to seeing him. And he let me talk to one of my favorite people in the world, Toby Keith. You know, I'm a big Toby Keith fan. Yeah. And then I got to spend a bunch of time in his, his mobile home. You know, he travels with a mobile home. And we had a great time in there just shooting the breeze, man. But, uh, hey, I hope the people here in Atlanta go out to the event. Uh, Mitsubishi Electric Classic, I think, out of Sugarloaf. Go out there this weekend. It's going to be beautiful, too. It's going to be beautiful, man. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and, hey, listen, let's get to this first of all. First of all, you know you have a lot of money when you get hunting nut Cheerios. I've had the regular Cheerios. First of all, you know anybody ride a motorcycle who makes millions of dollars is an idiot. First of all, zero plus zero is zero. Okay, I can't wait. What you got, first of all? Well, I just, obviously, um, our TNT show is going into the Basketball Hall of Fame this weekend uh, in the uh, transformative show uh, yeah. inside the NBA. We're very honored for that. Yeah, I just, uh, obviously, me, Kenny, Shaq, and Ernie get a lot of credit and too much credit, to be honest with you. Uh, but I just want to personally say, guys, thank you for 20 of the best years of my life. Ernie, I know you've been there 30 years. You know, Kenny been there about 24, Shaq, somewhere in double-digit years. You know, it's been amazing. It's the best decision I ever made in my life coming to TNT. You know, we can talk about Jeremy, TK, Fiorello, Alex, Underdog, and uh, Matt. But I, I can't even mention everybody who's worked on the show. But you guys work so hard, and we get so much credit. And I just want to personally thank every single person who put time and effort in on our show. I never want to take it for granted. I never yeah. want to take it for granted. No, that's a great point, Chuckster, because really it's everybody. When you go back all the years that uh, that we've had that show, I mean, anybody who's ever cut a highlight for that show, anybody who's ever tweaked the lighting in the studio, anybody who's created a graphic, everybody is part of that. And yes. really, 
we're accepting on behalf of this legion of folks who have made that show uh, what it is. And so I'm really humbled, really honored by the recognition from uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame. And uh, it'll be a fun night Friday night when we get up there. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't think we're going to plan anything. No, we don't ever plan anything. That's why we work. I know. And also, I want to give a shout out to my big brother, Mike Wilbon, who's going in also. You know, Mike's been a, a mentor and a big brother to me for a long time. He's did my last few books, and we developed a great friendship. He's a uh, good he's, dude. He's a great man, and he's actually building a house up the street from me in Arizona. So welcome to the Valley, Mike. But I just want to congratulate Michael Wilbon for just being a great friend. You know, him and Tony Kornhauser got one of my favorite shows on television, Pardon the Interruption. Uh, so it's going to be a great weekend. Yeah, Mike Breen, Jim Gray also on the on the, uh, on the the media side. Yes. So yeah, that'll be a... It'll be a really fun night. It'll be a great chance to just see a bunch of folks you don't normally get to see. Yeah, and also, obviously, the Hall of Fame is going to be a bittersweet this weekend because the great Kobe Bryant is going in and Michael Jordan is presenting him. I know Rudy Tomjanovich is going in and Kevin Garnett and um, Tim Duncan. But, you know, obviously, Kobe not being there is going to be the biggest thing. I know it's going to be emotional. And, you know, man, it's still tough to believe that Kobe's gone. Uh, He's one of the best to ever do it. Every time he saw me, he was cordial and friendly, but I didn't know him really well. But it's really going to be bittersweet uh, watching old highlights. And his family going to be there uh, probably. And it's going to be great to see them up there. But, man, I just want to acknowledge what an amazing player he was. And it was an honor and a privilege to cover him all these years. And it's going to be bittersweet. Going to be a, yeah, going to be quite the weekend up there. Uh, what, else is, what else is on your mind? Well... I ain't going to lie, Ernie. I'm so excited for the NBA playoffs this year. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. You know, we talked about it the last couple of weeks on the show, and I've been really, you know, we got only got like a couple more days to go. And I got zero idea who's going to win the championship. You know, I'm actually kind of looking forward to the play-in games, actually, because never thought in my wildest dream the Lakers would be in the play-in games, basically. Uh, And Steph Curry's going to be in the play-in game. And But, man... Whoever wins this championship is going to earn it because you're going to have to go through a gauntlet of teams to get there, especially in the West, uh, especially in the West. But, you know, in the last, I've been, like I said, I've been in the NBA for 36 years, and there was always, okay, one of these two or three teams is going to win. I don't think you can say that this year. You know, I was in Philly a couple of days this week, and they're like, yo, man, I said, yo, man, I'm not, I got zero idea who's going to win the East. You could make a compelling case for Philly, Brooklyn, or Milwaukee. I think Philly has a huge advantage, but they only got to beat one of those teams. I said that on our show a couple of weeks ago. Having a number one seed in the East is a really big deal. But can you imagine this? How about you're the number one seed in the West and you're playing the Lakers? Well, here's the deal. So right now it's Utah on top. Phoenix still got a chance for that top spot. If the Lakers do get in that play-in game, so say they're seven and they host the eight team. If you're Utah, you are rooting hard for the Lakers. You are saying, win that first game and get the seven spot because I don't want you losing that thing and then dropping down and then having to win a game and that to be number eight. So you're a Laker fan if you're Utah for that first game. That's for sure. Yeah, but man, like your reward for getting the number one seed is to play against the Lakers? But not if they win that first game. See, yeah. if they're in the seven, eight game, so it, so I'm, that's what I'm saying. But but my point is, even if you're one or two, yeah. even if you're my Phoenix Suns, you're like, damn, we worked all year to get the number two seat. And now, <laughs> and we, now we got to play them. Look, we got LeBron <laughs> and Anthony Davis showing up. Yeah. But I will say this, and this is a, I'm going to be blasphemous 
for a second. Go ahead. If, if LeBron James can win a championship from the seven, eight spot, we're going to have a serious discussion on some of this stuff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know what you mean. Hey, man, if 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 he's able to go from seven eight to the finals and beat Brooklyn, I mean, or Giannis or Joel Embiid, hey, that's doing something. That's doing something. You know what I was doing the last couple of days? Got my ballot sent in, man. Hey, I, you we know talked, what? We talked about how the tough calls and the tough decisions, and man. It would that this is the hardest it's ever been for me, man. Hardest ever. And Ernie, I 100% agree with you. I got zero idea. Like, you know, people talking about coach of the year. I think if I had a vote, it would be Thibodeau, but Money Williams is right there. Quinn, Quinn Snyder's Snyder, right Quinn, there. Yeah. Quinn Snyder's right there. But for me, it because you no, know, everybody expected Utah to be pretty good. But the, what Thibodeau has done and what Monty Williams has done, those will be my one and one A. Yeah. Uh, MVP. Man. I'll give you the five that I sent in. Go ahead. Jokic. Okay. Embiid. Okay. Steph Curry. Giannis. Chris Paul. That's my top five. I, I got no problem with that at all. I mean, we can haggle over the order. But I've always said that I thought Chris Paul should be highly ranked. He took a team from not even making the playoffs to they still got a chance of having the best record in the NBA with a couple games to go. But, man, you're right, Ernie. This is the toughest year ever it's going to be. Man. Yes, sir. Good luck, brothers. Because so many folks miss so many games, then you're, and you're trying to figure out, okay, do I give this guy, you know, how much do I hold this against him? How many, you know. Yeah. So that was part of the thing. It was a, it's been a different year, so it's kind of a different ballot. But anyway, it's done, and now I don't have to worry about that anymore. All right. Uh, you ready to move on? Yes, sir. We'll take a break here on the Steam Room, and then when we come back, I'm not going to give away who the guest is, but Charles and I are going to do the right thing. Nice. We welcome you back inside the steam room, everybody. And look, uh, if you've been listening uh, to the steam room for uh, any amount of time, if you're a loyal steamer, you know there's only one rule we have for our guests, and that's... uh, we uh, we ask you that you keep your towel on, Spike Lee. Okay, <laughs> I'm getting warmed up for right after we're done. I'm going to the world's most famous arena. They <laughs> got it. We got the happiest man in the city oh. of New York, Spike Lee, with us, the Academy Award winner, the guy who's getting ready to go watch the Knicks and the Spurs. Oh, I got my beads too. Oh, <laughs> you got it all, man. My RSG shock. <laughs> <laughs> in my Maasai orange and blue beads. I'm ready. <laughs> I, I would ask you what it feels like to uh, to have the Knicks back in the playoffs, but I don't think I f- feel like I need to ask you that, man. Well, you ever, ever see those movies where somebody's lost on the desert? <laughs> <laughs> and they, and they, their throat is parched. <laughs> They're crawling. And then you see you don't know if it's fake or real, but it's Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of the desert. <laughs> First of all, I'm happy for you. First of all, it's great for the NBA that the Knicks are doing good. Right. I always tell people, the Lakers, the Knicks, and the Celtics, we need them to be good just for, for the NBA momentum. It's just great. The major markets, too. 
What were your expectations going into the season, and how do you feel now? Well, I knew Coach Tibbs would come and do his thing, but this is beyond my expectations. We're in the playoffs. It, and also, what's, what's amazing is that the effect that he has had on this team, I hate, I think one of the most, one of the most overused words in sports is culture, in my opinion. But he has just put his stamp on his team. And they play, look, I'm old. So this looks like Red Holtzman's teams. It's just like Pat Riley's team. You know, Mason, your face, Oakley, X-Men, Patrick Ewing, John Starks. These guys played hard and physical and never took a night a day off. And, and, and it's, it's beautiful to see. You know, I was May 8th, 1970. I was at that game, the Willis Reed game. I was there. And in fact, in my, I'm in my office now. I'm on the second floor. On my first floor, I had the, 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 the net from that game. How'd you get that? I got it from the Red Holstman family. Wow. You know what's amazing about you, Spike? I've been in the NBA for 36 years. You are, I tell people, I says, because, you know, when people are like, hey, how's Spike? I said, man, let me tell you something. One thing I love about that dude, he ride with them boys, ride or die. <laughs> I said, yo, man, he is a real fan. All the success he's had in other ventures, he don't have to be a diehard fan because there's been some, there have been some desert times. <laughs> How long have you had season tickets? I got season tickets right after Patrick was the number one pick. Now, I don't want to say about no conspiracy. No, I'm not talking about that. You can't speak of people past. But Dave the Busher picked it out. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in the envelope, not only the logo, but two, but two uh, season tickets for Spike Lee. I I wasn't kidding. I wouldn't sit in court side from the beginning. If you guys, you remember the, the old garden, not the old, old garden, but the one before this. There were different sections were colored, so I was in the green section. So I can't remember when I started sitting in the court, but. Uh, my first season ticket year was Patrick Ewing's first year. And I was a Georgetown guy. I was at the sweater game. <laughs> Louis Carter <II. laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and rest his soul for our, our brother, John Thompson. But, I mean, the, gar that, the, 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 the biggies back then, they were rolling. That's my first record. Well, two things. Magic against Bird. I think that's my first recollection of college basketball. But being even in high school and then then going to Auburn, we couldn't wait to see the Big East. I mean, it was crazy watching those games. And like, and first of all, you think about it, those guys are the same age as you, but they look like adult men playing basketball. Especially Patrick. <laughs> Patrick came, he came to Georgetown looking Way beyond his age. The, the St. John's, Syracuse, Georgetown, like when those teams played, like you had to be, you had to be there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how great those games were back then. 
Remember when uh, the Pearl was his name? God. Pearl Washington. Pearl Washington. Yeah. yeah, remember him and Patrick got in the fight? <laughs> hey, hey, and you think about they, when Jim was up there, they played that big old cavernous dome and they'd have 40, 50,000 people. And man, it was just, it was so exciting to watch. And you go to Madison Square Garden, it's, it's like the Holy Grail. Hey, Spike, I got a question for you. I mean, yeah. considering what the last 14 months have looked like, in this world and in sports and in everything else. I mean, I can just, I see the excitement obviously that you carry right now, but isn't part of that. It's like, man, you're back to, we're back to this kind of a thing where on a, on a Thursday afternoon, you can get pumped up about going to see a ball game tonight. Mm -hmm. How do you characterize what we've all been living through over the last 14 months? Well, I don't think anyone has lived through this in their lifetime. If you go back to the last pandemic. But that's a good question. I'm doing a eight hour documentary for HBO about New York City during 9-11 and New York City during the COVID. New York City was the epicenter for COVID-19. And we keep a running count of how many Americans have died. We're over half a million Americans are no longer with us. Our sisters, brothers, fathers, relatives, friends. And, I, and in doing this research, I mean, doing a lot of research, it didn't have to be that way. Spike, it was like every time you thought, okay, enough's enough. I can't take any more of this. You wake up the next day and there's more news. Yeah. And so uh, I'm very hopeful now that more people are getting vaccinated, we're still going to have, I don't, black, brown, red, it doesn't matter race. There's still people who are fearful of getting the vaccine and, that, and that's their right. But they put other people in jeopardy. I, I'm on Instagram and I posted getting my two shots, my two Pfizer shots on Instagram. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Charles, tell Charles, tell Ernie about Black Twitter. Oh, but hey, man! <laughs> I'm telling you, my sisters and brothers were tearing me another. You know what? I think I'm going to be in the right side of history. I'm positive of that. Well, number one, I told you earlier, man. I really love the PSA you did of vaccinating the block. I thought it was really awesome. So let me ask you this question because I've heard it. I have no clue. How bad is New York right now? As far as, as, as far as stores and things like that, because I heard it's like a ghost town. No, that's not true. There are a lot of stores, uh, you know, that are out of business, but things are getting much better. And also, the weather's getting warm and people are out in the streets. And when it gets do the right thing hot in New York <laughs> City, <laughs> they're going to be out. It's going to be, no pun intended, it's going to be fire. I'm not talking about violence, but just people are just be out in the sun yeah. with their friends and family. And, and a lot of these, a lot of the new phenomenon is where the restaurants have now have like booths on the sidewalk, like in the street by the curb. And, and, and that's really people are out. I was up there the other day, Spike, and I saw a lot of that going on. I'd I'd saw I saw restaurants and they were building places where you know you could accommodate folks and 
Yeah, on the sidewalk, yeah. And that kind of thing, a lot of that going on up there. Everybody's had to make an adjustment. Yeah. Hey, obviously we've seen over the last few March Madness seasons, uh, you and Chuckster and, and Sam <laughs> doing your thing and Jim Nance as well. But but you and Chuck go back a long way. So give me, if, if, if you were to be asked, as you are being asked right now, what's your favorite Charles Barkley story from hanging out with the Chuckster? All right. This is not going to be a new story, but I love to tell it. Please. Barcelona. Hotel room. Charles. <laughs> Magic. MJ and me. I'm not playing cards. I'm just there. I wish I could have had a camera there because that Charles, tell me that. Tell me that wasn't epic. They had they, they had like they must have had. You had to probably be in the gym at eight o'clock in the morning. I left at six. <laughs> Charles, you remember that night? Chuck, be, oh, yeah. be forthcoming. Chuck here. Come on now. Back up Man, the story. We, we played cards every night, all night. And we would like get, okay, so we're like, okay, guys, we got to play it, practice or <laughs> do something like we need at least a power nap in there. But we played cards every single night, Ernie. Uh, don't, and, and another person who would come is Scotty, but me, Magic, and Michael and Scotty would play cards every single night. Like we'd go to dinner, we'd have dinner, then we'd gamble from like eight o'clock at night to six in the morning, and we'd run to the room and take a quick power nap and go to practice. I mean, it was it was it was crazy. Let me ask you a question: Was I the only non-player ever allowed into that environment? It just I think you might be the only person that we ever allowed in there. I mean, because I, I, there was no other people were allowed in there, but you were the only person who was not part uh, of the family. You, you, we made you an honorary brother then to come in and watch and have fun. So I'm honored. I've always think about that. And, and the games, the, what were you playing? Tunk. The game is so competitive. And then throwing the cards on the table. And your mother this, your mother that. <laughs> and it, I remember sometimes I just fell out of my chair. And I was rolling around on the rug. It was hilarious. It was amazing. What kind of uh, dollars were being played for back then, Chuckster? Oh. You can, Serious money. Yeah, you like hundreds of thousands of dollars already. Every night? Every night. It, it was, yeah, it was, it, it was a minimum of a hundred thousand dollars a night, a minimum. I tell you what, the worst plane trip was like, we were flying to Barcelona, man, on an eight to 10 hour flight, you could lose your house. I mean, it was, it was crazy. I'm like, land the plane, land the plane. I was like, cause you get on a bad, cause you see, cause Michael's got this really uh, annoying habit. He always tried to just keep raising and bidding. Cause he's got the most money. He was always trying to buy the pot. He didn't realize the rest of us had money too. We don't have his type of money. Well, magic does. Me and Scotty were the paupers at the table. Uh, we like, me and Scotty could go broke actually, but magic and Michael had a ton, a ton of money, but Michael always tried to buy the pot, which was hilarious. That that's, that's my story, Ernie. And, and I always, uh, serious business. I will always treasure that night in Barcelona being a witness, be being like a part of, I was, uh, first of all, I would have been the poorest guy in there. If I, could have, <laughs> <laughs> I had to make, I had to make 
Malcolm X, two, three, four, five. <laughs> but it sounds like a good film. It sounds like that uh, one night in Barcelona. And also, it's the dream team. Yeah. Spike, let's talk about movies for a second. Uh-huh. Are you happy and uh, sad? It doesn't matter. With now that we have so many services when you're making a movie, like it used to be you made a movie and you sent it to the theater. Right. Now you got every streaming service. You got HBO Max. You got Prime. Is that good or bad for your profession? I think it's good. And the reason why that is more places to get your film made. Because back in the day, Paramount, Universal, Warner Brothers, some, you know, Disney. And if they don't want to do it, you're out. The Five Bloods would not have been made without Netflix. Every other studio turned it down. So it's, it's much better for filmmakers to have more than one place to, to try to get your film made. Are we ever going to be back to going to the movies like we used to do? Yes, it's going to take time. Same thing, big thing here in New York, Broadway. You know, Broadway depends upon tourists. If tourists, I'm not talking about the people driving over from New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> those are not tourists. They are, they are, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Spike, what's the most disappointed you have been when it comes to Oscar nominations? All right, easy. Do the right thing. You got to ask me what film won. What, what film won? Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> right, let me give you my second one that Denzel did not win an Oscar for Malcolm X. Besides Denzel and his lovely wife, Pauletta, and maybe the kids, that that hurt me, that hurt me, that still hurts me. Yeah, I, I, I actually thought that's one of the best acting jobs I'd ever seen. I actually watched it recently, as a matter of fact. I mean, you can never, like my man says, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock, Plymouth Rock landed on me. And, and first of all, that was you were good in that movie too. <laughs> I got a a, a a basketball thing because I have to be respectful. Al Pacino is one of the greatest actors ever, ever. He went for Godfather One, Godfather Two, Serpico, Dolly Afternoon, and I'm I'm missing one film. He been like nominated five six times and never won. Then he did a Scent of a Woman, and that was like a makeup call, you know, NBA makeup call. Mm. And then Denzel got it for trading day. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a great performance, but that's that's the way some of the voting has, has been throughout the years. You know, there was a, the controversy this year with Chadwick Boseman, and everybody assumed because they made it the last award that he was going to win. And then Anthony Hopkins won. That was, that was kind of a shock. Well, here's the thing. I don't know why whoever made that choice that they thought that Chadwick would win was a lock. There's never been a Academy Award in the history of Academy Awards. Best picture has always been the end of the show. And they messed up and they made best actor, best male actor in a leading role. And when it wasn't Chadwick, 
you know, all due respect to Anthony Hopkins, great, great actor. He didn't, he didn't think he was going to win. He went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it comes to sports. You're doing an end zone dance before. How many times have you seen a game? And all you guys love football. Where guys high-stepping, things get in zone, what happens? Drops the ball. Drops the ball or gets tackled. And, out, and I'm lucky I don't bet because I would have bet the house he was going to win. <laughs> hey, Spike, how much did you know about what Chadwick was going through when you were? I didn't know anything. Ryan didn't know. No one knew. Wow. And, and, and here, here's what I like to give love to Chadwick. He knew his illness was terminal. But he was a pro. And he did not want any director to treat him differently. In the opening battle sequence of the Five Bloods, he was doing 100-yard dashes, hauling ass with equipment, everything. And he knew, if I had known that, I would never ask him to do that. He did not, Chadwick did not want to be treated differently. That's a, that, that's amazing. Ultimate professional. So listen, I, because man, I love you guys like brothers and you guys are so awesome together. Tell me about you and Sam's relationship. <laughs> Sam is his connection with Capital One and him asking me part of it is a gift. I think we all agree on this. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> You know, you know, because Spike, let me tell you something. Every year, first one, like like three or four years ago, we won the Clio for like the best commercials, and I've never felt pressure like I do when we go to Capital One, because every year I say to myself, we can't do better than last year. You're right. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at the scripts. I'm like, okay, let's go. But the thing about it, though, we. Sam is what anchors Aaron, like the great player on a team. Sam was the anchor, and we all do our things. Yeah. Tell them how fun it is when Sam said, who wrote this shit? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I got to ask him one question. Yeah. Because this is a biggie. You guys have to win a playoff series for this season to be successful, though, correct? No. What? We haven't made we haven't made the playoffs in seven eight years, Charles. Charles, the pieces are in place. We have five first round picks. The next two years, we have more cap space than any team in the National Basketball Association, and players who never thought of coming to the Knicks back in the day, they will come. And nobody can fit in Brooklyn already. <laughs> Brooklyn ain't got no more room. <laughs> Chuckster, we were before we started this. I was I, I mentioned to Spike we were looking at the playoff positioning. I said, now well, how how about this? If New York does not get that home court spot, but what if Milwaukee caught Brooklyn for two, dropped Brooklyn to three, Knicks are at six? How would that be as a first round series in the East? Charles about to say the Knicks can get swept. No, no, no. Listen, Ernie, my dream come true, and I said this on the show like a month ago when the when the Brooklyn had the number one seed, they were tied with Philly. 
and Brooklyn was and the Knicks were four. I said that would be the greatest thing for the NBA if Brooklyn and the New York Knicks played their second round of playoffs. It would be on fire. And obviously now uh, Brooklyn has faded a little bit. But Spike, we just disagree, man. Y'all, y'all had an unbelievable season. You got the coach of the year in between him and Money Williams. Right. You got the runaway most improved in uh in Julius. Julius is bold. He is. But I'm telling you, you got to win a series to finish it off. Now I don't know if you can beat Milwaukee, Philly, or Brooklyn. I think here's for me. Four and five is gonna be either it is a change between the Knicks and the Hawks. You got it. You should beat the Hawks. Stop it. You should beat the Hawks. Oh, we will. But here's you talk. But the, the question Ernie was talking about, we fade and we dropped the six. You're we well, you're six right now. No, we ain't. Yes, you are. Atlanta's four, Miami's five, and uh, because they got the tiebreaker over the Knicks. Uh-oh. So right now you're six. Ernie, Ernie, that sounds like some shenanigans. No, you could be four <laughs> at the end of tonight, though. You, you really could. But again, if it doesn't work out that way, because Miami's been hot too. So we'll see. Jimmy yeah. Butler don't play in the play. I mean, in the playoffs, Oof. that's a bad man. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, get to get to the world's most famous arena. Enjoy watching your Knicks take on the Spurs. Hey, brother, I love you, man. Thank you. Love you. Love you too, Ernie. Love you too, Spike. Thanks, man. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Come and join us in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Leave your towel on in steam room. Back here on the steam room. It's presented by TSO, the official watch of the NBA. You know, it's been a little different today, Chuck, because um, I feel like we've been missing a legend today. Ooh, there's nothing from TK. Well, I'm here just in case you want to talk about legends, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah, but I always like to have a couple legends. I like to be able to rely on a couple of legends, you and Tim Kiley, but he's in transit. He's going to be up there in, uh, at Mohegan Sun for the, uh, for the Hall of Fame stuff. But we soldier on, as we say, <laughs> here on the steam room, and we hit uh, Chuck's answering machine. By the way, the number 404-987-0330, committed to memory. 404-987-0330. And there's something on your mind, something you want to ask the Chuckster, something you want to ask me, whatever. We invite you to call. There's These are always really good, entertaining calls. All of that being said, Chuckster, you ready for the first one? Yes, sir. All right, spin it. You've reached Charles Barkley. Leave a message, America. Oh, yeah. Nothing like a ride like this on a PJ, as kids call it, a private jet, baby. I'm headed to the Basketball Hall of Fame ahead of you guys. And guess who I got with me? Chuck and Ernie, what's up? It's Underdog. All right, I, I got an issue here. TK is riding with me to the Hall of Fame, and dude is getting out of control. He was the star of the Inside Story, Doc. Now, since he got inducted, he thinks he can fly the plane now. What do you mean I can't fly the plane? I can fly this thing up in the air. TK, just because you saw Kareem play doesn't mean you can fly the plane. Don't mouth off to me. I created you. All right, TK, I only got two hands, and they're both devoted to Don Perignon. Take the phone back, brother. Come fly with me. Come fly. Let's fly away. First of all, that was horrible. That was... (laughs) 
<laughs> and listen, first of all, they both of those two guys are too cheap to actually get on a private jet. They both got alligator arms. So there's nowhere they want a private jet. They may be on Delta. They, they, and they and they both fly coach, too. Man. They, I guarantee you they both fly coach. Even underdog's pronunciation of Dom Perignon <laughs> is, was horrible. Uh, TK flying the plane, horrible. Come on, man. And so I take back all that stuff I said about Chuck's answering machine and how great the calls always are <laughs> because uh, aside from a little bit of production value on that, it was horrible. I give it a I give it a capital H. Oh, that was horrible. Man. All right. Next call. Things have got to get better, Chuck. Here we go. Hi, Charles. Hi, Ernie. This is Xavier, a loyal steamer from Paris, France. Uh, for years, Charles has said that he wanted to learn Spanish. Now, I don't think I'll offend you, Charles, uh, in saying that uh, you didn't reach that goal. Anyway, I am a uh, language teacher. I've been teaching French and English here in Paris for years, and I had a little proposition for you. You've given shout-outs to some of the French players in the NBA, like Michael Petrus, Joachim Noah, Boris Diaw, and so on. And so I thought maybe you would like to uh, prepare an interview in French of uh, the great French big man, Rudy Gobert, who's going to have a huge impact in the playoffs. And uh, I think it would be also a nice little way to uh, stick it up to Shaq, which is something I know you uh, never want to pass on. So I'll be available to you, and uh, thank you so much to all you guys for uh, the entertainment. Take care. Bye-bye. We appreciate that, Xavier, out of way. Wait, he says he teaches English and French. Mm -hmm. How would that help me learn Spanish? It's not. Okay. He has a, a misguided idea that you have interest in speaking a number of languages. Well, I do want to learn Spanish. That's on my bucket list already. I, I know, but that bucket, man, you, you've you been talking about that bucket for Ernie, 20 years. Ernie, man. I've been busy. <laughs> what a great, what a great line. That's just, hey, what a great coverall hey, line. Hey. If you if you let something pass and you haven't done, oh, I've been busy. Man, Ben Charles Barkley's hard work. But I, you know what? He bought us some great names. Mikhail Petrie is one of my favorite players. He's a nice kid too. I, I enjoyed it. I tell you what, the French players, man, they've done a lot. You know, obviously you go to Tony Parker. I mean, he they've had some great players. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, Ernie, you said on the show the other night that the Utah Jazz are going to make it to the finals. I did. That would be great. And Rudy Gobert would have to be fabulous for them to make it to the finals. And Donovan Mitchell's got to come back solid. I just think, again, going back to what we talked about, if you're Utah, you're just saying, Lakers, if they're in that play and let them win early, let them win that first game and get the seventh spot. LeBron's been out. AD's not healthy. It might be beneficial for those guys to play them right away. That's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out, man. I'm telling you, this this play-in tournament has uh, has changed everything. That's for sure. Hey, you've got more calls. Sure, we've had a we've had a bad one and a really good one, and here comes another one. Hey, Chuck, I just wanted to ask several questions. You might make it complicated, but what is your favorite? sandwich of all time your favorite sandwich that's all no identification on the caller just a guy maybe he's making a sandwich and saying i wonder what charles favorite sandwich is i have two favorite sandwiches turkey and italian hoagie i eat those quite a bit uh, you got to get good turkey though you can't get that supermarket crap you got to get like real turkey i love that and man for some reason i love salami and ham on, on an Italian hoagie. 
I, I just love that. Are you a pub sub guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Publix. They can make some sandwiches. Multi-grain bread, by the way. Yeah, I agree with that. That's rare. Uh, <laughs> do we have another one? Hey, Charles and Ernie. My name is Nathan Cage. I live in Portland, Oregon, and am currently 15 years old. I love watching and listening to the steam room and inside the NBA because I know that I will laugh a lot and have a lot of fun overall. During COVID, it hasn't always been easy and fun because I've been dealing with stress and anxiety from school and everyday life. So the Steam Room podcast has helped me take my mind away from these things and helped me stop stressing as bad. Sadly, I also found out a few days ago that I have severe scoliosis and that I will have surgery on my spine very soon. It's a surprise because I don't have any back pain and because I'm at such a young age to have to do surgery. I also started taking golf lessons, so this will make it a lot harder to get better. I see you, Charles, getting better as well. I can't wait to see you beat Ernie in the Black Masters. Anyway, you have both made a huge impact on my life for the, from the podcast to everything else you do. Thanks so much for that. It means a lot. Have a great day. That was a great call up until that shot he took. A shot. That was just a fact. When a kid's factual like that, Ernie, you have to give him credit. Uh, <laughs> hey, number one, man. Hey, take care of your back, man. Do whatever they tell you to do and, and keep a good, positive attitude. Uh, and we really thank you for the kind words, man. We have so much fun uh, doing the podcast and getting phone calls like yours and getting phone calls. Uh, the, the weirdest and coolest thing for me is like getting all these overseas calls we get. It's a big, beautiful world out there. And for us to play a small part in making things happen, man, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, and he talked too about, you know, the anxiety from school yeah. and that kind of thing. And I mean, it's man, it's been a really a tough time with a daughter who's a teacher, Maggie, my oldest daughter. It's been tough on educators. It's been tough on students. It's, you know, whether it's been remote learning or in person or what you got to, you know, it's, it has been a real challenge. So shout out to all those who are, where we're, you know, at, at, we're at this point where it looks like we're turning the corner kind of turning that corner. So again, hang in there kids. And I know it's, there have been some graduation, you know, situations that weren't exactly what you envisioned when, uh, you know, when, like when last year started and, and for the teachers out there, just trying to be as creative as they can be and make things happen and, and make sure that the education process doesn't get derailed by, uh, by the situation we were all in. Yeah. So hang in there, young guy and good luck with your back. And you might be right because I don't know from the way I've seen Chuckster swinging the golf club, shoot, there'd be no shame losing that thing. Nathan, read my lips. Guarantee I'm going to win the black master. Yeah. I've, we've seen how those guarantees normally pan out. <laughs> All right, kid, you and I are going to fly up together. That's going to be fun tomorrow. Yes, yes. Maybe we can go to Orange Julius. <laughs> Let's go to IHOP or Denny's. They don't have those at the airport. Or the Waffle House. I'm, I'm talking about hanging out, walking the concourse, <laughs> having an Orange Julius. I look forward to it, brother. Me too. And we look forward to the next time we get together with all our loyal steamers. Thanks a lot for joining us. And uh, thanks a lot for calling into Chuck's answering machine. And we will see you again next week when uh, the play-in tournament will have started and the playoffs will be right around the corner. Yes. That's going to be some fun. All right, y'all. Have a great weekend. 